Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi there. I want to tell you about my webinars that are going to be coming up every month. I want you to check out my website and see what this month's webinar topic is and sign up. The format is going to be the same every month, even though the topics are going to change. It's going to be a huge variety of career-related topics. I'm going to give you a deep dive into content about that topic for about 30 minutes, and then you're going to have a chance for 30 minutes of Q&A in the chat box while I'm, I'm teaching you. You can ask me a question, and then if you're really brave, and I hope you will be, you can be volunteered to coach live on that month's topic so you can raise your hand and I'll coach you. I want to give you that URL so that you can go to my website, see what the next topic is and sign up. So go to http colon backslash backslash. Nope. So go to my website at exclusivecareercoaching.com forward slash webinar sign up see what this month's topic is, see when and, and, and what time it is, sign up and, uh, and get in there and participate with me. I look forward to having you there. Thanks. Greetings, career managers. How are you doing today? Well, it's as I write this, it is middle January. It seems impossible that the time has flown already so far this month. I know a lot of the South is facing some pretty... Um, crazy and atypical weather, so I hope everyone is safe. Um, here in Tallahassee, Florida, where I li- live, um, it was, it's been pretty funny. It's been a pretty cold winter, all things considered, and back, I don't know, a few weeks ago, they, uh, we had one-tenth of an inch of snow. Yes, you heard it, one-tenth of an inch. They closed the government. Now, let's review. <laughs> Florida's the fourth most populous state in the country, and we shut it down. We closed the schools, so that would be the universities, and um, there are three higher education institutions in Tallahassee. Closed them down, and we shut down the interstate that runs from Florida over to Texas, and who knows, maybe beyond, um, because of this one tenth of an inch of snow. And this, of course, is because no one knows what to do when it snows down here. So it's been kind of <laughs> an interesting winter. So um, we're all just, we don't know how to handle it. Um, I lived in Northeast Missouri for 14 long, cold winters. One winter we had um, 15 inches of snow, and that was the only time our university shut down the whole time I was there. The rest of the time they pretty much took a, you know, suck it up and get over it attitude. But the, the 15 inches of snow did sort of bring things to a screeching halt, but that was the only time. Today I want to talk about the opposite of networking is not working. And I really want to think about networking from a career management perspective and a a global perspective rather than just, I'm looking for a job, so I'm going to network. So what I want to invite you to think about is your network as, as not a switch that you turn on and off. You know, I need it, so I'm going to turn it on, and then I don't need it, so I'm going to turn it off. But rather, you know, that that light in your house, I have one in my office that stays on 24-7, 365, that night light, if you will. So it's burning at a fairly low level. I don't have to replace that bulb very often. doesn't use up a lot of energy. It serves a very important purpose being on at all times. And so really, if you kind of think about your network that way, 
This is not something that's going to take a lot of your time, a lot of your mental energy, a lot of your financial resources, perhaps, but it's something that you maintain at a at a low but significant level. And then that way you don't have to exert so much energy when you actually need to call upon that network. So think of it as something that you're maintaining. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking of grass, you know, grass grows like crazy down here in Florida. So I have an option, right? I could mow it every, let's say five days in the summer and it would always look pretty good and it would be fairly easy to mow because I was doing it on a regular basis or I could wait you know, until I got that notice from the county that my yard was uh, against code or whatever, and now it's, you know, up to my thighs, and I'm out there trying to deal with that. And of course, my lawnmower is, is probably stalling out because of this, and um, gosh, it's going to take me so much longer, and then I've got all this mess of, of uh, grass that's been cut that I have to figure out what to do with, maybe I have to rake. So I have to do a lot more work by putting that thing off. So yeah, I've, I've had maybe three weeks where I haven't touched my yard, but is that worth it um, when it comes to that time that I do have to mow the yard? So I really want to invite you to think about your network that way. What can you be doing on a weekly basis at a, at a fairly low level? It doesn't take a lot of your mental energy, doesn't take a ton of your time, but it's keeping that network alive. And I think January is a great time to really assess your networking. So one of the things that I talk to my clients about is an annual assessment of their networking. And so really thinking about it from a strategic standpoint, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, and really assessing the ROI of the networking activities that you're involved in currently and determining whether those networking activities still serve you. I can remember when I first moved to Tallahassee a few years ago, I got involved in a fairly small networking group that really opened some great doors for me. I met some fantastic people, some of whom are still very active in my life and in my network now. Uh, but then there came a time when I had a decision to make about the block of time that I was using for that networking activity. I had an opportunity to do something else, and I decided it was a course, actually, that I was taking, and it met at exactly the same time. And I decided that that course that would would be much more beneficial to me at that point than the networking activity that I've been engaged in. So I decided to drop out of that activity. So that's really what I'm inviting you to do. Think annually about all of the things you're doing. Think about them from a financial perspective. How much does that cost you um, in terms of money? And also how much does it cost you in terms of your time and are you seeing the ROI? Now, all of this starts with determining at the outset what your goals are for each individual networking activity. And that's really where I want to go with this today. Because obviously, it's very hard to assess whether you have reached your goals with a particular uh, organization if you didn't set goals to begin with. So I wanted to start with a, a definition of networking that I think is a beautiful one. Here's what it says, a supportive system of sharing information and services among individuals and groups having a common interest. Let me re repeat that one. A supportive system of sharing information and services among individuals and groups having a common interest. So let's break that down a little bit. Networking requires a supportive system. This indicates that there should be a symbiotic rather than a parasitic relationship. 
right? So if you think of symbiosis, both parts of the of the of the team of the pair are benefiting one another. A parasitic relationship, think of like a barnacle on a boat, right? The barnacle's getting all kinds of great things off of the side of the boat. The boat is being damaged because of the, the barnacles on the side of the boat. So that's a parasitic relationship. So networking requires a supportive system, which is a symbiosis, a symbiotic relationship. I always think of, when I think of symbiosis, I think of those birds that sit on the back of the cows, right? I think they're called cattle egrets, but they're, they're birds that sit. And so it's actually a symbiotic relationship because the bird is getting the bugs that fly around the cow and the cow is benefiting because the bugs are off of him. Now, yeah, he does have a bird standing on his back, but apparently that's not a big deal with the cow. He'd much rather have that than the bugs flying around his face. So that's a perfect example of a symbiotic relationship. So another facet of that definition is that networking requires the sharing of information and services. So again, we're talking symbiosis rather than a parasite, a parasitic relationship. So you're going to share information and services. And then finally... Networking requires individuals or groups that have a common interest. So that doesn't mean that the individuals need to have multiple things in common. The only commonality they might have uh, for the purposes of a particular networking group is the one thing that they have in common. So they're all in sales or they're all live in a geographic region or they're all women and maybe nothing else in their life is very similar. So all the individuals in your network can have different uh, intersections with you, right? So you might have one group that you love because it, you're, you're joining together with other sales professionals and that really benefits you in one way. And then you're in another group with people who have very similar approaches to life and viewpoints about life and you get something out of that. So you network with different people for different reasons. I think you already know that. All right, so here are my top six tips for how to actually make this networking thing happen and to be successful with it. So first of all, and I've alluded to this already, I want you to set goals for your networking, both on the macro level, so the big picture, and then on the micro level, the individual picture. So for example, you might join a particular networking group with the goal of generating a certain amount of money in sales that you can directly attribute to that networking group within the first year of joining. So one that comes to mind for me is BNI Business Networking International. So that's a fairly expensive group to belong to, and there's a fairly significant time contribution uh, because they require you to attend meetings or find a substitute when you are unable to attend a meeting. And they also require you to do what they call one-on-ones in between meetings with the, the various members of the group. So there's a, there's a time commitment, there's a financial commitment. So I would want you to go into a BNI chapter saying, here's how much money I intend to generate that I can attribute to this. Now, notice that I'm really focused on money with this one because I think for two reasons. With BNI, it's very much on, uh, focused on you use the people within your group to make the purchases that you need for your business or for your life. They want you to look first within the group. So the purpose of BNI, 
the purpose of the networking part of business networking international is really to generate that revenue for your business so that's the purpose that you would be in that secondly because there's a fairly significant financial and time contribution or commitment rather that you would have to make to be in BNI I would strongly suggest that you would want to see a financial return on your investment so that's probably not a group that you're going to go into with some other type of goal right so um, meeting a certain number of people or um, you know having like-minded people that kind of build you up and support you there are other groups that are great for that but I think if you join a group like BNI you're going to have a financial goal so that's the micro or the macro level rather so I'm going to join BNI and I want to generate let's say five thousand dollars in sales that I can directly attribute because then I can show a, a very positive ROI on my investment in, B, in BNI on a micro level, you might want to have specific goals for each meeting you attend or the one-on-ones, right? And that's going to vary from person to person and from meeting to meeting. So you might have one meeting where you say, my goal for today is I have a very specific ask because you have an opportunity in BNI to stand up every time and kind of do a do a, a, a quick elevator speech and then also say what you're looking for. So maybe you have a very specific ask that is... Um, different than what you've asked for before. So you're going to think about that ahead of time. How can I get the most out of this meeting? Is it the ask? Is it there? Is there someone in particular in the group that I need to speak to? Whatever it is, but I'm going to have a specific goal. I'm not just going to show up at the meeting and let it happen to me. I'm going to be in charge of that. I'm going to be in charge of, of the results that I get for that meeting. And the same thing with the one-on-one -on -one meeting. So you know that you're meeting with someone who is in a particular industry, has a particular job title, whatever the case may be. So thinking about that ahead of time and thinking, what is my goal for this person? Am I able to see on LinkedIn that they know someone that I really want to know? So maybe I want to ask for an introduction. Maybe I want to ask for the sale. Maybe I want to tell them about a specific lesser known facet of my business because I think it's a perfect fit for them. So the, the, the flip side with those one-on-one -on -one meetings is while I want you to go in with a very specific goal in mind, I also want you to be open-minded to surprises and unexpected things that will happen in that meeting. So I don't want you to be too rigid or regimented so that you don't let in um, the, the miracles that can happen. So we've got a macro level, what are your goals for the entire group? And then on a micro level, what are your goals for individual meetings, uh, group meetings and one-on-one -on -one meetings? And then, as I said, I want you to evaluate this overall networking strategy at least once a year. So at the end of the year, you're looking at, okay, I said I wanted to generate $5,000 in business directly from my, my membership in, in BNI. I generated X. Am I happy with that? Does that make it worth my time to continue with BNI? And how do I want to adjust my goal for the coming year based on the results I experienced this year? All right, so my second tip, I want you to create an intriguing and engaging elevator pitch that leaves them wanting more. And I know that you, my folks in sales, this is something that you're really good at. All right, so I'm working with a client right now whose elevator speech was, to put it kindly, pretty boring. It went something like this. She actually um, emailed it to me and said, what do you think about this? And here's how it read. Hi, my name is Blah. I am the founder of company Blah and a professional coach. I work with individuals in one-on-one -on -one sessions settings to help them deal with difficult situations in life or career. 
My perfect referral is an IT professional striving to become a leader or a new IT leader who needs support. I also work with individuals in life transition. I offer free introductory sessions and very favorable coaching packages. Okay, so here's what I got from this message. If I didn't know her, first of all, um, one of the first things she says is, you know, the name of her company and that she's a professional coach. So if I have a bias against coaching, I'm going to immediately shut down and not hear anything else she has to say. I work with individuals in one-on-one -on -one sessions, help them deal with difficult situations in life or career. That's so broad, it doesn't really tell me anything. Uh, perfect referrals, an IT professional striving to become a leader or a leader who needs support. But what kind of support do they need? What is their problem in becoming a leader? I don't know. And I also work with individuals in life transition. So all of a sudden we just took a major right turn and I don't know how to fit that in with the rest of the information she said. And then finally she says, I offer free introductory sessions and very favorable coaching packages. Oh, she's cheap. She doesn't cost much. She must not be very good. So we, when we work together in our, in our call, our coaching call, here's what we came up with. Hi, I'm name and I support IT professionals in their quest to become superior leaders so they can make maximum contributions to their company, their employees, their profession, and most importantly, themselves. Now, notice nothing is being said about the, her being a coach. So again, if someone has a bias against coaching, has had a bad experience, doesn't think coaches can help, I haven't had the opportunity to shut down because she hasn't used the word coach with me yet. If the networking partner is engaged, then they're going to naturally ask, well, how do you do that? And this gives her then the opportunity to talk about being a coach. So she might say, next sentence, well, I'm a coach with X years of experience as an IT leader. I am passionate about giving IT professionals the support I didn't have when I was at their career stage. Perfect. So really think about how can you present yourself in that elevator pitch, whether that is one-on-one -on -one in an actual elevator, I meet someone and they say, what do you do? Which is hence where the term comes from. Or if you're standing up in front of a group like BNI and you have to introduce yourself, how can you make it more engaging? How can you stand out and be memorable so that after everyone in the room has gone around and spoke their piece, they're still talking about you and what you said? All right, number three. So tip number three for networking. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And here's the message. Listen twice as much as you talk, particularly in those one-on-one -on -one networking meetings. So one of the things that I do with my clients when we are doing job search coaching is I, I do a lot of training around networking. And I kind of help them to understand how these networking meetings are not all about them. Because for most people, that doesn't feel good. It feels, going back to that parasitic thing, it feels pretty parasitic. And I want this to be symbiotic. And oftentimes my clients, if they're, particularly if they're out of work, they don't feel like they have anything to contribute to the other person. And I assure them that they do. And they can give as much value as they get simply by listening. Because the things that, they, that will come up for them as they listen, that will be such natural recommendations, suggestions, will be so beneficial to the other person. So whenever possible, I love for you to start these one-on-one -on -one conversations with the other person. And listen very carefully. Interrupt only if you need clarification for something. 
I find that if I have a notepad in front of me and I can jot things down when someone else is talking to me, that frees my mind up so much because I don't have to remember. So they say something that I really want to go back to. I know that's going to be an important point that I want to help them with. I have a suggestion maybe. I can jot something down on the paper so that I don't have to remember because when I have to remember what I want to say, I'm in my own head. I'm not really truly listening to them. You want to focus during when they talk. I want you to focus solely on how you can provide value to the other individual. So the lens or the the ear the earbud that you should have on as you're listening should be what can I contribute to this individual? What is this individual in need of? Whether they say it out loud, I need X, I need to meet X, I need to do X or you're hearing what they really need even though they haven't expressed it at all or, it, or at least not very well. So if you can turn off the sentences in your own mind about your own story, you know, or how you're going to say, you know, what you're going to say when it's your turn, then you're going to really be present for that individual. I think it's become a pet peeve of mine. When I'm telling my story, whatever it is, I'm I'm dealing with an issue and, you know, I want to maybe hash it out out loud and, and get some perspective from a professional. One of my pet peeves is when they want to make it about them, right? So I'm saying, here's my situation, give me advice. And then they go into their own story. So make sure that you're not making this about you, but that you're truly asking them, uh, you're making it about them and you're asking questions to help them. And my fourth point here is in this these networking tips is to be specific in your ask. So I want you to do your homework ahead of time to figure out what you might want to ask for this individual. I talked about this a little while ago. I want you to be open to the meeting going in a completely different direction than you planned, but I do want you to have a plan when you go in there. So how, you know, again, LinkedIn is a great place to find this information out. Who do they know? What do they know? What have they done? Where can they open a door for you? Kind of have an idea in mind when you go into this meeting. So again, if you don't know how to do that on LinkedIn, that's something you can reach out to me in the comments section, and I'll be glad to give you some guidance on using the advanced search function and also how to kind of um, reconnoiter other people's kind of profiles so that you can get the information that you need. Remember that vague requests lead to vague results. So you want to tell them exactly what you're hoping they can do for you. A very specific person, a very specific um, task or end game. Um, you know, I do this a lot with my clients in their job search. And one of the things that most people do when they're job search networking is they will say things like to other people, they will network and say things like, if you hear of anything. Or if you know, if any jobs come up, let me know about it. Well, that's so vague. It goes in one ear and out the other, and it doesn't serve you. It's sort of, it, it, it sort of makes the time that you've spent networking with that individual wasted. So I want you to be very specific. So whether you're networking for a job, you're networking for a promotion, you're networking for a big sale, you're networking for a big marketing contract. I want you to be very specific in your in your ask and tell them exactly what you're hoping they can do. And then that makes that follow-up easier as well because you can go back with a, a follow-up email to that individual thanking them for the networking time and talking about how wonderful it was and then reminding them of specifically what you've asked from them. 
So number five, do what you say you will do. So you sales and marketing superstars know that follow-up is the key to success. And this applies to your networking efforts as well. So make the introductions you said you would make. Follow up with the networking contact when you said you would, etc. Be a person of your word. This will take you so far in your networking efforts. You know, I, I think of Tallahassee as, as being, considering the size of it and the fact that it's the state capital, it's a very small town. And word gets around very quickly here about people who don't do what they say they're going to do. They, they don't follow up. They don't respond to your emails. They don't, uh, you know, they come to a meeting and they offer you the moon and they don't give give anything afterwards. And that reputation is so damaging. And I don't think it's really any different wherever you live. So make sure that you are a person of your word. You can't do anything about the other person and their follow through. Certainly you can send reminders, but ultimately it's their decision to act or not to act. But you have complete control over what you bring to the table and what you do for the other person. So be a person of your word. And then finally, number six, don't be afraid to try new networking events that may not be obvious choices for you. So take a chance, take a take a swing for the fences every once in a while and see what happens. I really think that there's some value in stepping way outside your comfort zone every once in a while. So what does this look like? It might be a group that you find on Meetup. And by the way, if you're not familiar with Meetup, I highly recommend it. I think it's international, but just Google Meetup. It'll it'll take you to Meetup organizations in your area. And typically those Meetups are everything from, you know, people who have certain religious or political views to people who are in certain life situations, whether it's their age or their um, living situation, marital situation, you know, interest hobbies, and then all kinds of business sorts of networking events. So take a look on Meetup. Try something that's way outside your comfort zone, you know, particularly if it's an hour-long event, maybe it's free if you're a guest or whatever the case may be. There's very little commitment on your part to give it a try, and you never know what will happen. Doesn't mean you have to join. Doesn't mean you have to go ever again if you don't feel the the right mojo at that event. But my point is give it a try because you never know. So step way outside your comfort zone every once in a while. All right. I hope this has been helpful in kind of quantifying your networking efforts and really taking an analytical approach to your networking to make sure that it's serving you. Because even if the networking events that you're engaged in aren't particularly financially expensive, they're not a lot of, there's not a lot of financial outlay for them, they are certainly taking your time. And as we all know, time is money. So I want you to make sure that you're getting an ROI that you're happy with, that allows you to happily justify whatever you're investing into that networking activity. And if not, make the necessary shifts so that that happens. My sales and marketing superstars need great ROI on network. Have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.